Hey friends, welcome to the Homesick to Happy podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Today I'm talking with my friend Kripa Reese. And but first things first, if you're new here, I just want to give you a special welcome and let you know what I do here is I teach people who have moved to a new area how to feel at home by leading them through the process of creating connection and excitement, even if they are super shy. So today my, my good friend, Kripa Reese, is here. Kripa, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Kripa Reese. I am married and I have eight children. And, oh, there's something. And I live on a farm. We have chickens, goats, and ducks, pretty much anything you can think of. And I have baby goats in my house right now because I have to bottle feed. And we grow our food. And we like to go foraging, um, very much nature, family. And we also enjoy fishing and hunting. I'm a plant lover. I got lots of plants around my house. And I also love social media. So here I am. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I'm, so, I'm super excited for our conversation today. And you have a very unique moving journey. Um, would you like to explain to you and like share about your moving journey with our listeners? Sure. So 2000, I actually came to America on a medical visa. A lot of people don't know that. They just think, I don't know, they thought I was a foreign exchange and a foreign exchange that never left. Turns out I am still here 20 years later. I have a burn. I'm a burn victim. I think that's what they call it. I have 60% of my body is burnt. So when I had the opportunity, uh, my orphanage home um, uncle, we call him uncle, he said, maybe this is the best idea for you to get medical visa there and then fly to America and maybe they can do some screen graph. I had no idea what that meant. I just thought I was coming here. And then maybe a couple months later, I was going to go back. I never went back. I was here. Well, family decided to adopt me. A year later, it didn't work out. I don't know what happened. They never told me. So then my, I knew another family and they said they would like to adopt me. And I've been with that family for 19 years. And I, to this day, I always wonder, like, why didn't the other family want me? But I am grateful I'm with my new family because um, we match. Like they all have the dark hair and the dark skin. And the other family had red hair, blonde hair, blue eyes. And I always stuck out. And I guess I didn't really feel like I belonged in that family because everybody knew. Everybody knew, oh, there's that Chinese girl, even though I wasn't Chinese. Actually, I'm 60% Chinese. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. But... Um, then the rest is history. I mean, I've been here since 2000, June of 2000. Okay. Yeah. And making a move like that and not knowing that you're actually not going back, I feel like that would have been a huge transition once you found out that you're not going back. It was, and it wasn't. We heard when I was growing up, in not in the village, but in Nepal, in my orphanage home, like every missionaries that came were, they were, they were Caucasian people. And we knew them as Americans. So we would dream of coming to America because we always heard about um, 
being successful. When you're in America, like you enter in America, no matter what, you will become successful if you work hard. Mm-hmm. They always told us that. And I thought, oh man, wouldn't it be fun to go there, make money, and then send it back to my family? Well, when I found out I wasn't going back, I wasn't heartbroken. I thought, oh, okay, I'm used to it because I have moved with my mom, my dad, as a kid, we moved everywhere. We never had a, a home, like you call a home. I, like my husband, if he would tell me tomorrow, let's move, I would say, okay, let's be, let me pack. And I would move because I don't have that sentiment of value of being in one place. Plus I like adventure. So I, the hardest part about that, I would say is not seeing my brothers. I had two little brothers in the orphanage home and I feel like I betrayed them. That would actually would probably be the hardest thing other than that I was excited yeah yeah cool so what were the some of like the big challenges that you faced um I did not know my English as good I really really worked hard I listened a lot like a lot of conversations not to be you know nosy but I wanted to certain words I wanted to say it the American way Um, I also had a hard time making friends, not because I was different, but because I just didn't know how, I didn't know how, like people treated me good. They did not treat me bad. I I would say maybe once or twice, maybe the kids being kids, but other than that, I had a good experience, but my mom who adopted me, every time I said a different word, she always helped me, even though at the time I was super frustrated. Like I used to say pija, and then she would say, no, no, no pizza like it was constant fish I would say fish and she'd be like nope and I would cry and was so frustrated she would always correct me and now I learned that she helped me and I'm doing it the same thing with my kids I'm constantly correcting them and I'm very very thankful she did that because people will ask me you've been here 20 years but how is your your English so good. Like people that weren't born here or Nepali people that I know from the cities, they'll always ask me like, I've been here 30 years. How do you, how is your English so good? Because people that when we come from other countries, we want to sound like Americans. We want to do a lot of things like American. I think part of it is to be accepted so they don't make fun of your accent. But growing up in Nepal, we learned anything you do you put your mind and soul in your heart. You don't just have to do anything. You do everything as best as you can. And I believe that's the orphanage home where I learned. And I actually kind of agree with it. Yeah. So, Yeah. Which like brings us to the next question I had for you is what ways do you keep a strong mind? I remember growing up in the orphanage home Um, Yeah, they were very strict, but I always remember they told us that you can do anything you want, you put your mind to it. I I still have it. I tell my kids and it's very hard for me when I see um, people struggling because I see the best and I can, I can just, I have this gift where I can tell what they're good at and what they're not good at. And I want to just be there, but like, you know what, if you take this road, you are going to be successful. I just know it in my heart. And then you you tell them, you're crazy. No, I'm not good at that. 
but I want to tell them like, if you really want to be successful at certain things, if you work hard and you give in everything you got, it's going to happen. Yes. And 90% of the people, they fail because they give up. They give up right away. Like a couple of weeks they're in, oh, it's too hard. I'm done. And they mm-hmm. give up and then they never see them being successful. But that's one lesson I will say is it's hard for me to see people. And I wish I could change it, but I know I can't. And so I really, really work hard on my kids. Like if you want to be successful or want to learn something, you have no excuse. We have our phones on our hand. We can look at anything and you would be able to do it. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. And um, so what kind of things like on that topic, do you speak into your kids to help them really grasp that concept? Pretty much anything I learned as a kid, I try teaching them. And I feel like sometimes I fail because I kind of get lazy because even if they don't know how to grow food, I feel like they'll be fine because of grocery stores. Um, When we go in nature, I try to teach them certain things and I kind of say, well, they really don't need to learn because why would they? It's 2022. Who's in the woods looking for something? I mean, but then I remember how my parents taught me. So then I go back to that mode trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So your story of you know, growing up in Nepal and transitioning here to the United States, um, I feel like you've taken that transition and made it so beautiful and you're like thriving where you are. And I know some people who go through a big move and they don't, they are not able to thrive. Like, what do you think the difference is? Like, why are you able to thrive here? I think it's a mind game of victim. Like I'm a victim, poor me, poor me, because I sometimes did it. And I realized that no one can help you unless you want to. And I really think it's just the way I have always been. I've always had a positive, too, sometimes too positive, but also poor me. Like everybody, it seems like so many people play that poor me game or the childhood trauma. Every one of us has childhood trauma. Um, yeah, sometimes we feel like a victim, but you can stay in that boat or you can get out of that boat and make a change and see the better version of yourself. But you can't do that without you trying. If you just stay there, it's never going to change. So you have to have change your mindset to saying, you know what, I've had a horrible childhood. I've had all the bad things I can think of, but I'm not going to let that change me for the worse, but I'm going to use that to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, that's so powerful choosing to use it for good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people who have made a similar move? I would say, give it all, give everything you have. Don't let the society tell you Oh, you're a different ethnicity. You're going to get treated. I was told that. And I honestly get treated better than I believe most people that grew up here. And just do your best and don't listen to anybody else. And just make something out of yourself and 
try to connect with people that either have positive mindset or um, you want to learn something, just connect with somebody. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So if there are listeners who want to connect with you and learn more from you, where can they connect with you on the internet? I have too many social media, mm-hmm. uh, but the one that I am on is Instagram joyful walk. And then I just started my podcast as of last week, uh, joyful talk. And then I have you know what? Website joyful walk kr at squarespace.com. And I am I am working hard on that one. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. So yes. Yeah, so I will have the links for everybody who is interested in uh, the show notes below. And then if you're watching on YouTube, it will be in the description of the video as well. Kripa, thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast and chat with me. I always love our time together. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yay. And no babies interrupted me.